Welcome to Growth Mind State. I'm Teresa here with Rob and Anthony. Welcome in you to Hi, the everyone. show. Hello, everybody. How's everybody doing today? I hope we can keep an open <laughs> mind and also educate ourselves further about relative events of the last week. How's your guys' week been? Can't complain. Everything's been all right. You know, family's been doing well. Everybody's doing well. I'm hearing that, uh, you know, the vaccine stuff is picking up. You know, my sister's going to be a... Finally, be a mother. Her her adoption stuff seems to be going through, so I'm I'm happy. How about you, Anthony? Uh, say for me, I mean, I'm not going to complain about this week, and I'll be getting the first vaccine on uh, first vaccine shot tomorrow. So I'm just Great. sitting and sitting and wait. So that's all. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I've been trying to get this one over here. To be I'm excited about to get it up for it, but I'm gonna get it. I just don't look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm going to do it. Uh, All right, so then let's jump into it. I'm going to start with uh, some celebrity news. Everybody see the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry Oprah interview? I mean, it's been all over the place, but I think the best part about it has been the backlash so far (laughs) (laughs) from the whole thing. I mean, and I'm going to say openly, no, I have not really watched it. I've watched (laughs) parts of it, but I'm attuned to what's happening. I think it's obvious that that the royal the royalty is racist by itself just the idea of royalty in itself is going to cause racism so it's almost like an unoriginal stance to make it's like they're having to make this stance now you know they're forced into a position of dealing with racism now well i think it's great you know they uh they finally put them in a position where they had to address it i mean everybody kind of thought that was the reason why they left um, you know, and I think they've had a lot of pressure to kind of talk about it. So, I mean, who better than Oprah to um, be the person they were interviewing for? So, and she brought everything out. She put everything out there, <laughs> at least for the most part. They still left who it was that asked them how dark the baby's going to be when they come out. Like, I can't even believe that they would say something like that. Directly to her face. I would. I believe it. To her face? Maybe just to Harry by himself. <laughs> and then he brought it up to her. But they said it with her in the room. I can't. I can't with that. Look, this is where I tell you that racism is not bilateral. It's not only something that white people do. Black people do it too. Like, I have... I There are family members that I know who have questioned what the darkness of the skin of a baby would be in a mixed couple already that are relatives that I'm not going to, I'm not going to call out myself either, but it it has happened. (laughs) Um, So I just wanted to like, it, it, it's a racism and it's more like they have, they have power. That's the difference. The, the Royal, the, the house, that Royal house has, has power. So it's more like it's a systemic problem. Then it becomes like, I'm just not surprised. I want to be surprised, but it's one of those things where um, I know that it can happen amongst black families. So, of course, a white family can be can ask a dumbass question. It's a question you shouldn't be asking anyway, just just to to note that it's a dumbass question that you shouldn't be asking. But I think Archer made this joke already. Is Archer the cartoon? You talk about the cartoon? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I don't watch that show too much. You know, I, I saw some episodes; they're pretty funny. It's it's hilarious. I, 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 um, and I, they, 
Oh, Go ahead. Spoilers, right? Spoilers. No, no. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so um, you go on, Teresa. No, but they said, uh, you know, they they caught William coming out of some place. The reporters asked him, you know, they asked him those hurried questions as they run and scurry off. But it was, he was pretty much the first one uh, to get asked, you know, if the royal family is racist. And they said, we are very much not racist. Uh, William told a reporter, adding that I haven't spoken to Harry yet, but I will do. Um, though Harry 36 will not reveal which member of the royal family he had the conversation with, he later shared that it hadn't been with the grandparents, Queen Elizabeth II and Prince Philip. Um, in an earlier statement released by Buckingham Palace, on behalf of Her Majesty the Queen, the royal said, the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. I mean, that right there by itself I mean, it does. It says a lot because look at how the media was going after them. It was ridiculous, the comments that were coming out, especially just for their wedding. I mean, it was full-on, full-blown racism that they had to really, I think that the palace and them had to make and address the the press saying, you know, take it easy. Like, this is too much. And, of course, we have um, Pierce Morgan, that spineless... Asshole. Before we jump to Pierce Morgan, can <laughs> can we address the fact that uh, William Prince William said that they're they are not a racist family? Like they like <laughs> like there's a statement that can be stated that we we have not done the racism. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. Well, what else are you <laughs> supposed to say when reporters are shouting at you? Hey, is your family racist? <laughs> I think the go-to answer is no. We're not racist. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's it's it's just funny too though that they have to state as a family they are not racist instead of saying, you know, what it it wasn't us. It wasn't us specific. Like that would have been much more of an honest answer for me. Like if he was like it wasn't me, it wasn't my mom or my grandma. Somehow it was just somebody, it was obviously somebody in the family that did this. Sorry, I don't know who it was. Like that would have been a much more honest like um, I don't even want to call it an apology. Like it would just at least be a statement that is more truthful, in my opinion. But that's just uh, it, that's how you've got to do it, right? They're the royal family. They just have to make a blanket statement. They're not going to over-explain it because sitting trying to over-explain it is just going to bury them deeper. Which is, I, I had to tell you that that's true, right? It's just going to bury them deeper trying to explain it out. Well, I don't even think Prince Philip has made a statement at all, and he's been some place doing some kind of philanthropy work and they tried to talk to him about it he was like smile and run away <laughs> for, for years like that that's always been the whole denial thing we're not racist right <laughs> if you have to say it right like that says a lot about somebody well, i think it's hard too because you gotta i think this is the first person of color that's ever been into this family and now you get to be that person that gets to experience all the oh I thought I wasn't racist this whole time but actually it turns out I am kind of racist. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy though. She's super light skin. Like most people wouldn't even notice. Like like she was you know had much color in her you know but. But that's the thing too. <laughs> like, but Especially still that with people that are lighter skin, they say dumber things to them yeah, yeah. than to they would to like a darker skinned black person because they think they can get away with it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I. I I've seen, I've heard some more harsher things like towards darker skin. I mean, not to 
get too much into like you know whatever but it's just i feel like people tend to be a little more like um excessive when a person tends to be a little darker skin from what my perspective um, but, but so, but I think that Teresa's saying more that the one percent rule comes into to the equation more yeah. here, where people of color. That's why there's a definition of people of color versus black people in a lot of areas. It's this mm-hmm. defined u- use of race, and for her, she would just fall into a colored spectrum that most likely would allow her some kind of white privilege, and. I guess that's part of the reason why I'm not so surprised by any of this and why she's so she's probably personally hurt more than people of color who are darker skin mm-hmm. have felt before. Because she's like, I avoided this blockade like most yeah. of my life. I've gotten around this border because I am a light skinned like yeah. it is for the most part, it's even been complimented probably. Um, only except for the the worst of people probably degraded her for being black as a being half black or I don't even I don't even know and I don't really care because there are light skinned black people and yeah, yeah. it's there's some truth that there are some things that they're not given but there are they are not as harshly kept as black people of darker skin and so what you're seeing is correct it's more that she got to jump over that hurdle for most of her life. And now she's got to more deal with it. She had to deal with it. She had to literally like, I mean, and this is like the most um, active culture that you can have is the Royal family to have this kind of conversation, right? Like it is the Royal family. It is the whitest patriarchal <laughs> system that there possibly could be. Yeah. So it's yeah. just, it's the protractive. It's very real to that person. I think that nobody had any, idea exactly how bad it was going to be i don't think though especially like if you think back to like when they got married and everything like that like they were saying some really awful things like calling her a monkey too like you know like really like seriously you know across the pond their racism is real real (laughs) and they don't care about if she's royalty or not or anything like that they really do not give a shit and they will go after them and you know we were talking about uh, Pierce Morgan, I mean, Pierce Morgan's a piece of shit. He's been going after her on uh, Good Morning Britain for as long as she's been pretty much married um, to Prince Harry. So we have a little bit of a little clip about them with uh, him having a hissy fit <laughs> on his show. <laughs> yeah, check this out. He cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. OK, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry, no. Oh, Sorry. Do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, maybe not my no, own. No, no, no. See I'm, you later. I'm being... Su- Sorry, can't this do this. absolutely diabolical behaviour. He's got after her for so long on his show, and he couldn't last five minutes with his his uh, co-anchor going in and telling him and reading him for what he was been doing, you know? And I feel like it's so, it was so shitty, not only that he took off and he couldn't take it, he couldn't take the heat. Right. But also that it gave him the perfect opportunity really. And I really think that that's what they were trying to do when they were trying to address the whole thing was give him the opportunity to own up to being a piece of shit and really saying, cause he could have turned it all around. He could have said, you know what? You're right. I went too hard and I didn't realize the repercussions of what I was doing was having on her mental state. 
I should have backed down and I should have set an example. And he could have changed the whole thing around. He didn't have to walk off in a hissy fit and a temper tantrum. He didn't have to do all that and then later resign, right? Because he doesn't want to be back on TV and having to own up to all that again. Like, honestly, where is your spine? You think it's because he embarrassed himself? Well, we know. You you know the backstory, right? Yeah, supposedly he helped the... He helped make her famous. I mean, it's not, or... it's not even supposedly. What really happened is that she went on a would be considered a date here in America, at least, like having dinner, and then basically she decided to go to a party with Prince Harry. Yeah, that night, want to suck the same his dick. night. That's what it was. And it just never <laughs> called back. And she, he's still, he's just harboring those feelings. And like, like, dude, she didn't even, she never reciprocated at all. So. It's not like you even got your girl stolen. It's more like she's he's just like he just is harboring feelings and he's he's it's this innate power that he feels. Um and the other sword being that he the other edge of the sword being that that actual co-anchor is the weatherman and that weatherman gets a lot of shit from him on a regular basis. So this is actually the weather guy saying like like bro you didn't say anything of substance the whole time you're just trashing you're just trashing her and all you're doing right now is sitting around and he was like i'm not gonna take this i'm not gonna take this from the weatherman who made (laughs) fun of me i made fun of every day for years and it's sad because (laughs) that that uh weatherman even talks about how he's they deal with racism overt and covert racism all the time and he was trying to address it and trying to address you know pierce morgan's racism and try to put it out there you know it really was a spot for him to kind of like take back a lot of the stuff he had to say but he didn't he doubled down and <laughs> threw a tantrum would you um want to come back after throwing a tantrum like that i don't think so <laughs> i think he deserved like i mean he deserved that ridicule from from the the weather person right but um he embarrassed himself man he's like oh man I was sprung, man. <laughs> That's basically what it was. Dude was sprung. She ghosted him, and then you know, well, she got, got what his she feelings hurt. <laughs> now she he got wants what to she wanted from himself. him. I could, I can completely understand it. But the problem was, he didn't get what he wanted from her. Yep. He's mad yep. about it. He's salty as hell about it. Yeah, he's a dude with money, you know, privileged dude with money, and he thought that you know he was deserving of something that he really didn't deserve. And he played himself. He got ghosted, <laughs> and he made a fool of himself. I mean, hopefully, I mean, I don't want to say hopefully he gets a job. If he's an asshole, he doesn't really deserve anything special. He but doesn't. but I feel, you know, I feel like, man, you just lost your job over, you know, a, a woman that ghosted you, bro. I'm like. <laughs> and he just looks petty. Man. Every time he would drag her, he just looked petty. He just looked petty as fuck. Uh, he just yeah. cemented this. <laughs> he should have been a bigger person and just let it go. Be like, hey, you know, I'm happy for her, this, that, and whatever, but. No, because I'm a sure lot he from, felt from like, a, like you know, I made that. I made her. I made that relationship. That was because of me. Like, yeah. what do you want? You want a medal? Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. not gonna happen. But um, do you think? Well, we all agree pretty much that we do believe that she's being honest. Then, did you? Do you think that uh, Harry went against the fam, or yeah. did he just stand up for his new fam? Yeah, yeah. It's just a shame that they're they're kind of making him look like bad and making her look bad because of it. a lot of people I've seen on a lot of shows talking about. Uh, they don't believe her and they think that they're exaggerating and this that and whatever but it's like to me it makes total sense you know i'm sure all three of us feel the same way that it <laughs> makes total sense that you know things are happening the way they are um and i believe that 
they're telling the truth about it. And I believe they're trying to, you know, walk on eggshells doing it. You know, they're saying, talking about it, but he's like, I really don't want to talk. You know, um, her husband was talking about, I don't want to talk too much about the family about it, this, that, and whatever. But yeah, it's true. You know, he's basically saying certain things, but he's not like, uh, he didn't, in the in the interview, he didn't um, pinpoint who said what said, you know, when and whatever in, in too much detail. And I, I think he's just doing it out of respect for his family. But at the same time, he's pissed and he's like, yo, why do I have to go through this? this is, I love this woman. You know, we have children together. You know, I'm sure everybody would love to spend time together just like any other normal family. But because they, they want to be so particular about race and color and whatever else, you know, they're screwing up a lot of stuff. And now they're embarrassing themselves. I, there's no real benefit for them to badmouth their 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 parents or, or anybody else in, in, in um, Britain or whatever the... Was the monarch? What do you call it? Um, the, 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 the institution. The, the, the United Kingdom. The, the, yeah, yeah, the monarch. But you understand? I mean, like that. I don't think they benefit from doing that. I mean, yeah, they get a couple of like eyes on people on Oprah, or whatever. But I'm like, oh no, I think this was a huge slap in the face to them. But at the same time, I am so like impressed with Harry. Do you think they from it themselves? I don't think they benefit from. Oh, I, I think that they. I think it does. Just because it. Gives I think them it an, benefits them. Yeah. Them. So the, yeah. the unit of Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Yeah. Um, they're kind of just saying, fuck royalty. Like, this is their entrance into what I think is the American capitalist oligarch. They yeah. they have money. They have mm-hmm. the access to people already through the power that they have as may, maybe not so much. I mean, it, definitely Prince Harry, right? So like, do you think they're doing that, it on, enough. Do you think they're doing it on purpose to gain that extra thing in the, you know, I think they've gotten a lot of shit. Do you think they're doing it just to like why? Why do you think they're exposing this? Like, what do you think their their um, purpose of doing of going on Oprah and talking about it? You know, other than the fact that like, well, yeah. What's your opinion on that? Like, how do you? I think that they 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 were mad about everything, but I think they've been getting a lot of shit for leaving. And people are like, "Why did you leave? Why did you leave?" You know. And I think that this was an opportunity for them to really tell their side because it is. It's disheartening. She felt overwhelmed she felt you know suicidal she felt a i can imagine an extreme amount of depression from this because it's terrible to have people telling you what they think of you all the time i mean with no filter you know they're telling you that the how dark is your baby gonna be all kinds of stuff i mean that's constant mental abuse and i think they're calling the family out you know big time about it because she was she was asking for help and kudos to harry big time because he was like, this is my family. This is my wife and this is my child that are going to have to live in this. And I can't stand by. And if the institution is not going to give them the help that they need, I'm going to take them out of this situation and I'm going to make it better for the both of them. Mm-hmm. He took care of his his family first, mm-hmm. you know, and said, screw this to the institution, which I think he's had problems with his whole life, you know, He's always been that kind of like that wild child, Harry, running around with the princesses, having parties and and everything like that. But he's always been. In... Prince Harry, wild child. If you want to he's go always... back, it was Prince Harry, wild child. Yeah. He's always been. Um, he's always been great as a soldier, and he's always had a sense of duty and honor for his country. You know, at the root of everything. But I think when it comes to the institution, you know, um, he's had a lot of clashes with it. 
but he's never really wanted to like challenge his brother with anything that was going on. He kind of let him, you know, take the reins of everything and do that. That's fine. But he was always a, a great philanthropist. He was always a great soldier. You know, he nobody can take that away from him. And I think when he left, that was a lot of people thinking that he was shunning his country and it wasn't. It was him looking out for the best for his family. I just want to, you know, I didn't know if there were like some other under-seated, like whatever thoughts, you know, not under but you know what I mean? Like anything that aside from exposing them, like, you know, like you made it seem like, well, I don't want to say you made it seem, but when you said what you said, I, I got the impression of like, like for the benefit aspect, like, um, you know, like maybe there were some other reasons. Who knows? It might that. be a reality show coming out with mm-hmm. Megan and Harry. Who knows? Yeah. But right now, I, I doubt. I, think I, what it I doubt is. that they would go that far. I, I think that I think that they want just the clout. And honestly, when I watched part of this, the interview, they made very sure to indicate that Oprah didn't know. Oprah didn't tell them what the questions would be, and also they live up the road from Oprah now. Like she was very. They they made it very clear that like this is like a coincidence of of power like there's two people they they're like oh you know i'll talk about it why not like we you're gonna keep talking shit about us then we're gonna finally go on air and tell you what we have had gone through we don't really oh, have much totally, to lose and i could totally see oprah walking down the street with a freaking fruit basket talking about hey guys <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about this uh you know i know everybody's been asking you but you can always come down to my house <laughs> and we'll talk about it I know if I was Oprah, I'd be wanting to, to do the same thing. Yeah, but I looked into, um, because their son is not considered a prince, and I was looking into why um, he's not considered a prince, and uh, they said that there was a decree issued by King George V in 1917 that limits the titles of princes and princesses to the children of the monarch, children of the monarch's sons of the eldest living son. And the eldest yeah. son of the Prince of Wales. So that would be only like, um, what you call it? Harry's brother uh, would only have a prince. Yeah, but at the same time, the queen can override that. So she has it within her power to actually make their son a prince. But you know, who knows why I, she doesn't want to do that. I have this weird question. Like, is Do you think that the queen cares anymore? Do you think the queen is like Absolutely. just riding this out until the end of her grave and she's nope. going to be like, the monarch's done after this? Nope. <laughs> I, have, I have absolutely do not think that. I think she's got her fingers in every little thing that she could possibly do. And I'm sure they're all waiting. She's probably going to outlive her, outlive Philip and everybody else anyway for as long as she's, she's been, been around. Forever. I think they cloned her, Who man. Knows? She's she been might, here forever. She might man. outlive Philip. <laughs> All right, so looks like uh, Hong Kong's making some changes. They're putting some stuff in play. It looks like they're trying to remove any semblance of democracy that they have over there. Um, is it Hong Kong leader Carrie Lam uh, on Monday said that the city's government fully welcomes changes to the city's electoral system that will substantially increase central government control over Hong Kong politics and excludes critics of Beijing. Chinese authorities have said the draft decision before China's National People's Congress would mean that largely pro-Beijing committee 
that elects Hong Kong's leaders would also choose a large part of the legislature to ensure the city is run by patriots. We love that word. The election committee could also have the right to vet candidates of the legislative council, weeding out any uh, people suspected of being insufficiently loyal to China and the ruling Communist Party. Currently, half of Hong Kong's legislator is directly elected by voters. Although the mass uh, resignation of opposition uh, legislators to protest the expulsion of four of their colleagues for being unpatriotic means the body is now entirely controlled by Beijing loyalists. Um, They're also going to be increasing their election committee from 1,200 to 1,500, and the seats of the election committee are now um, reserved for directly elected district councillors. Uh, that will also be eliminated, further cementing Beijing's control over the body. And the Legislative Council will go from 70 to 90. So they're going to elect everybody. They're not going to let the people talk anymore. They're done with the protests. They're done with all this stuff. They're trying to really crack down on these, uh, making sure that we've got patriots in there. They're going to make sure that uh, the Communist China stays where it is. What polarizes me the most is the fact that they're using the power of expanding the committees to basically use that against a democratic process. Um, The 70 to 90 and 1200 to 1500, just to basically put in more council members that are on your side to grind things to a halt is kind of more of the problem. Um, I think we knew that this leader was already in the pocket of the larger larger socialist party in china yeah um i sorry i say not even socialist i wouldn't even call them an actual socialist party i would call the the communist party if i'm not mistaken um so yeah i mean what is there to say other than it seems like they're they're just trying to clamp down on the protests as much as possible again and this is going to be like a revolving door for china in their in their history they're going to go through this period at least for now for the next probably for another cycle because we're not going to step we're we're not supposed to step in it's just such a large country um well they already got much... rid of all the opposition as well too haven't they everybody that was opposed anybody that was slightly like liberal <laughs> or trying to get them out of this communist situation they've kind of already squashed them arrested them or they fled i it's so hard because it's it's almost the politics of china and and like i don't know how to feel i know i obviously would love democracy over basically oligarch rules (laughs) like these are this is how you you squash dissent in a in area you basically say we're going to push out all the the people who aren't loyal to us um, through as many legislative processes that we know of. So I don't know what we do because we can we can out, have an outcry about it, right? That's all we can do, right? We can just speak on it. I think it's really going to be up to these protesters too. You know, <laughs> they might end up having... I mean, there's a lot of protesters still, you know, and they're going to do their best to bring the hammer down on them, which is really what this feels like as a way of bringing the hammer down to let them know and trying to just squash them completely and let them know that they're we're going to fix the system. We're going to fix it against you. We don't care what you want. We're going to tell you what you want. And it's disheartening. 
It really is, especially with all these protesters um, and all these people that are saying this is not what they want. They don't want this anymore. Do you feel like um, a lot of this is relevant to us here, though? Because like, I feel like some of the techniques that they're doing, I don't want to say it's the same because it's far from, you know, very different, but I feel like politically they're, they're trying to do like a lot of similar things, but in different forms of fashion, like to like kind of keep us from um, being able to vote or protest and so on and so forth. Uh, I, I think what they're doing over there is a lot more extreme, maybe, and more in your face, but I feel like they're kind of like subtly trying to work towards doing that here, especially like with the uh, the whole filibuster situation, I think it is, where, where you have to have the 60 votes or whatever it is. Like they're making it seem like everything's got to be like kind of, you know, they don't want any comp, they don't want us to have a voice in any way, like either politically, or, you know, like by voting or whatever it is, or by, um, or by like protesting or anything. So like, do you feel like we're going in, I wouldn't say necessarily in that drastic of a direction here, or do you feel like, like, how do you feel about it? Well, you can go into much more into voter uh, suppression and the fact that a lot of these Republican governors have been signing laws. Uh, I think it's not a lot at this point. I think it's only two have signed laws in that um, it's basically say that there's going to be no mail-in process for those yeah. places and restricting yeah. voting. So it's but I actually think it's more interesting that China's using one of our tactics in their in their positioning like increasing it from 70 to 90 is making the filibuster they're they're basically they're instituting a filibuster by doing that yeah, they're going to yeah. add in an extra 20 people and even if the somehow a democratically uh a non communist party lo non loyalist gets into office you're going to need 45 of them instead of needing 35 of them it's going to be it's that simple process of like knowing how to run the numbers but that's the thing they still they've even narrowed it even more because they're not going to allow any non-patriots to be in there because they're the ones going to be yeah. voting it in so if you're not already a patriot in there because they've already gotten rid of a bunch of people so you're already a patriot if you're in there still you're only going to vote your own people in that's like letting the republicans over here have free reign to put whoever they want in charge oh wait didn't we have like four years of that so <laughs> it's kind of more be... years of that. <laughs> no. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's it's gonna be pretty bad over there. But it's funny because uh, you know we try to to put in our two cents about what's going on over in uh, Hong Kong, and um, they had some choice things to say. Semi-autonomous Hong Kong is an internal Chinese issue that no foreign country has the right to intervene intervening and Zhang Xiaoming, deputy director of Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office of the State Council. Sorry if I butchered all that. I don't know that after the storming of the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, how the U.S. has such moral capital to point fingers at the election institutions of Hong Kong. Shots fired, shot fired. A statement from the U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken condemned what it called China's continuing assault on democratic institutions in Hong Kong. It followed Thursday's approval by China's rubber stamp legislator, legislature of a plan to increase Beijing's control of Hong Kong's legislature is chosen. So yeah, he said, shut up, US. You can't tell us shit after what happened <laughs> over in your country. Don't be mad at what we're trying to do here because we're trying to do it better. 
I feel like they're <laughs> pushing the envelope and everywhere, you know, like all these different countries, including ours, see what they can get away with with the public. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. And I just feel like that's just like becoming like a norm. Like Trump has made it a norm since when he was elected. He was just pushing the envelope on what he can get away with. And like, I guess other people are saying, well, hey, if he could do it. Or if, like, you know, he's seeing other countries do it, they're, they're just feeding off of each other, you know? And yeah. It's just I crazy. Agree. Wow. What I do you agree. think, Ant? <laughs> well, I'm just reading this article a little bit. So I'm just reading that most of Hong Kong's prominent pro-democracy advocates are currently in jail or in self-exile. Of the 47, only five have received bail. On Friday, 21 activists were denied bail last week, appeared in court for a bail review. Um, so I'm, I'm just more keeping trying to learn a little bit more about this yeah some um, of those people are never getting out of jail they said they they might be in jail forever so they're really cracking down on them they are like it's this feels like a boot this feels like a boot coming down and is really stomping out everything like it's it's pretty scary for for people that live over there i would think because even the protesters they're still going after and looking at and, and hunting down these protesters too. I also think this creates a really bad precedent for the area. Um, and I mean, by the area, I mean, most of Indochina, um, that the strongman philosophy seems to be winning out in a lot of these areas. Um, I mean, obviously Russia has been paying attention to that for the last 20 something years with, with Putin, but um, a lot of I'm hearing a lot more stories from I would say the Asian continent, etc. Uh, even South Asia, obviously, um, that we're having these like strongman positions occur where a a party will take over. Re, they want to retake over an area. We were like we were talking about Myanmar a couple weeks ago, um, and it seems like the military just decided no, we're coming back into control. Um, this is just how it is, and this is how it will be because we decided that this is the the law. This is how the law should work, instead of like looking into democracy movements. So it's very difficult because I I am not at the point where going into countries is part of my ethos, but it gets into a what do we do in these countries where pro democracy movements are being stomped out all across the board. I wouldn't underestimate, especially in China with their overwhelming population, I wouldn't underestimate um, the potential for these protesters to really make a play of taking their country back. You know, that's really where they have to be afraid, too, with putting all these, um, you know, new rules into play against the people. They are overwhelming majority over there, you know, when it comes to how many people would like to have this change. So it's going to be it's going to be difficult. I wouldn't put it past protesters. I mean, they have been they have been trying to actively stomp them out and they have been seeking them and going after them. So, you know, it's scary. But at the same time, I wouldn't put it past them to try to really take their country back. Um, they might ignite a whole new set of fires and protests with this um, legislature that they're trying to pass with them putting in their people. You know, it's nice that they can try and say it, but, you know, there's a lot of people over there and there's a lot of people that want change. And, you know, they have the numbers at the moment, um, so they might be able to actually turn it around. But, I, you know, 
I, I don't know. There's not much that we can do, and it doesn't look like we want to do anything, especially with Biden's administration. I don't think they're really going to try to ruffle any feathers. I think they're no, banking. it would be. Sorry, please. I was going to say, I think they're banking on the fact that the citizens of the everybody here, there, and wherever the citizens of each country, um, they want to do something. But I think there's a huge fear of like disruption. Like if they disrupt things, especially now with COVID and everything else going on, uh, they're they're taking advantage of that fact. You know, I mean, that's just one aspect of it. There's probably other reasons why people are fearful of it because like. I wouldn't want my food or any of the things that that keep us going disrupted. And if we do a huge protest or if people end up, I wouldn't say like having a coup or like some like big event happens or whatever it is. But if something were to happen, um, that would disrupt everything for them, right? So like these people in power, they're taking this time to, to, to strengthen whatever power that they have to control these people even more. They're making decisions. That, that they make it seem, in some cases, at least in this country, they make it like it's a little innocent thing But if you're not paying attention. But if you're paying attention, you see, like with the voters' suppression stuff and everything else that's going on, that um, that they're taking advantage and they're gonna they're, they're doing things to sustain power and, and all sorts of other things that, that are very underhanded or whatever. Um, that's, just, that's just how I look at it. Like, I, I feel like... Like we, everybody wants to fight for for what's fair. Like we're we're struggling for four, uh, what is it, fourteen hundred dollars? Which should have been two thousand, but whatever. I'm not gonna keep going at beating that dead horse or whatever it is. We should we should have had way more taken care of uh, during this period of time, and our government didn't take care of that. That's the same thing they're doing with every other aspect of of society. I feel like they 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 see something that they want to do. Um, these politicians or these government officials or whatever, whoever's running the show, they see what they want to do and they find their little loopholes or whatever to manipulate their way to get whatever thing that they wanted. We were supposed to get a minimum wage, right? We they screwed us on that. They were they they vote they 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 knew that we were desperate when we heard it. We were like, yeah, we'll vote for that, and then they'd screwed us over. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like in a lot of these countries, it's just a different. Um, it's just a different thing that they're doing it based on. It's all the same thing in my mind, like that they're, they're just doing it for power and, 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 and control and to make sure that these people are in check. You know what I mean? And it's, it's I mean, China is much more complex, though, because Hong Kong was seen as more of a democratic hub for yeah. quite some time. Um, it, it had relations with other countries that were different than mainland China, as they just like to call it tangentially. But um. Yeah. I think it's more important that I, what Teresa is saying is very relevant because China's policies pretty much dictate what happens across the region. Mm. And we, it's like a bully pulpit that the communist party that is there has right now. And it's in a way that is basically non-democracy. So we're basically contending that democracy should be the overlying, um, should be the overlying political thesis that we're under. And basically they're saying, no, the, we, we think that communism under one, a one party system is the only, is the only powerful way to run office. And I don't know what we're going to do as, as a people. Cause it, as a, like, I don't think the UN can do much about it. Um, in re like in reality, what can the UN do about I think this right situation? now that they're putting they're putting something up that's giving at least avenues for people to try to escape 
um, from the wrath that's coming because they even said the the legislation criminalizes succession, uh, subversion, collusion with foreign forces to intervene in the city's affairs and terrorism. So that might just be another way for them to go after more people. So I know that there are some avenues that they're that they're having. Um, I don't know if it's through the United Nations or just other neighboring countries that are actually letting a lot of people come over that they are afraid of this retaliation by um, this legislative council and everything like that. So uh, at least there are ways for these people to try to, I don't want to say save themselves, but at least, you know, try to avoid this permanent jail time that they're talking about until they can try to get organized to take their, take this back, you know? Um, which is really the only thing I can see is if they amp up these protests and they really try to go after the country the way that it sounds like it really needs to it needs to happen. You think that's gonna happen though? I, I feel like there's too much of a, a threat for these citizens in their mind. Like I would love them to do all that stuff because I think that's what they need to do. But you know what I mean? Like I mean, it's happened before. Other, you know, the people have taken their power back. Forcibly, you know, I mean, and I can't tell anybody else to start their own revolution, but um, at the same time, you can't say that it's a hopeless situation either. There is hope for that. And there are countries that have succeeded in, in what we've thought of as hopeless situations to be able to take their country back. Which country was it um, that just recently they ended up making their a new constitution and everything like that because the people were able to take it back? I can't remember. I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't too long ago either. They had a whole. Uh, I feel like I gotta look for it. I, I want to say I, Brazil, but I don't think it was Brazil. I, I have um. I have faith that people know what they you know. I just I don't know, man. I I I feel it's difficult. For, for, for all that nowadays because of the way the government structure and the way people have been treating and the way society is going with the fact... I mean, like I said, maybe after COVID, I could see a lot more getting done, but because everybody's kind of in isolation... Chile. Chile. Yeah. Oh. It was right. Chile. The Constitution solves Chile's old problems. Yeah. Oh, so they sorry. were able to Please take... They were, yeah, it was no, bothering no, me just, too. I just, <laughs> I just feel it's... I don't know. I just feel like... It's like every time you want to create a new like um, path to, to to like change things, it feels like the head gets kept keeps getting cut off. You know, like when Bernie tried to do something, they cut his head off. You know what I mean? When they did this with this next person, they tried to cut their head off. It's always something. Like I I even feel like I don't want to say Cuomo wouldn't do whatever, but I think they're also taking advantage of his his bad uh, nature to uh, you know his bad history or whatever. To, to cut his head off just in case he's available for the next election or whatever. I think there's a lot of a lot of things commingling into each thing to make sure that certain things don't happen. And, um, you know, like Biden has done his dirt. Trump has done his dirt. Certain people are allowed to, 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 to maneuver to a position where, of power. I, if you don't have that specific, like, in my mind, you know, from what I feel, I don't want to say it's true or not. It's just my opinion. If you don't have a certain kind of demeanor or relationship with certain people in, in politics, they cut you out. They'll, the minute you get into a certain place, they'll cut you the hell out. Um, the minute Bernie started gaining some sort of power or whatever, which he still has some, 
um they made sure that that they kind of stifled that you know what i mean and 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 that's the way i feel like they're doing with the people they they see something like that they, they they detract from things like the black lives matter movement by creating other things like it's always the people with money finding ways of of of, of totally keeping and and it's hard for me to believe that that um something can actually change nowadays you know i felt like back in the days people were easily more um accessible to change i just like it, i just feel now i just think like, that you're the, that, that that's an illusion like the, the illusion that that change was more available than than now is yeah. kind of an, is a way of was a way of us processing being an american yeah. and i think that um it's not a universal it's not a universal thought um yeah. we have to we forget that the way that a lot of countries feel is this circular nature that Things only get better over time after repeating the damn same cycle over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we have to we have the privilege of being able to say that there's not an, any hope in this situation. They don't have the privilege of saying that they they have to either uprise or they have. I don't like because I don't see anybody coming in from a third party situation. I see this as an internal problem which unfortunately causes it's it's they they have a very large and influential government um it's very hard to change the way the geopolitics work in that yeah. situation so i i agree with you this is going to take another 20 years in my opinion i think we are just very comfortable with not being uncomfortable i think the reason that people don't want change is because it makes them uncomfortable but if you're in a situation or you're in a country where people are getting actively pulled out of their houses and thrown into jail for no reason, there's only so much of that kind of abuse that people can take. And there's so much that they will stand for before people feel like they're pushed to a limit where they have to do something. I think in this country we have we don't want to be uncomfortable ever. And that's what helps to limit the change here, that we don't feel like we're at the point of being stifled. And um, we're not at the point of people being ripped from their homes so openly and for people to be going missing. You know, one day that you're, you're at work with whoever and then they're missing because the government arrested them in the middle of the night and now they're in jail for whoever knows how long, maybe for the rest of their lives. We don't have those situations to have to look at. So we don't, we don't have to come to those terms of whether we fight, we should fight. We should fight to, for what we believe in and what we, we want from our country. Um, we're not there yet. Uh, I don't think that that is something that we won't get to if we keep going down uh, Trump way. Oh, almost in the news again, not for good things <laughs> again. <laughs> so it looks like we're up to 30 women that have now accused of, of uh, alleged abuse and bullying in the workplace. Uh, of course, the Democrats have come and started saying to, for him to resign. He's very adamant that he is not going to resign, though. He is in it for the long haul. Um, so what do we, what do we think? 
you think you can be a, a leader with such an overwhelming amount of opposition? And the voters actually believe in him anymore? I, I can't see him being able to do his job with this many women coming out and his whole reaction being, I didn't know I was doing something I wasn't supposed to do. Can that fly? Or uh, is it just because we're in like this post-Trump America where things have been getting away with? Are we going to keep letting this get away? This is a very hard question from somebody who lives in New York. Um, I don't know if he will ever resign on his own accord. I think that this is a situation where you're going to have to force him out of office. And that's why there's so many people calling for his resignation, including, um, I mean, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Jamal Bowman, who are both senators and senators or representatives in their in the area. Um I know that a lot of the more elites of the party have not called for his resignation, even though Bill de Blasio, of course, with his uh, salty, with his saltiness, of course, did. Um, I I don't know if we live in a culture yet that is going to immediately get his resignation. I just think that we live in a now we live in an, a time where people can. It's good, up to thirty people, thirty new people just came up and said that they were inappropriately spoken to by, I mean, the terms are very varied between the people, but I don't know if we are in the process yet where he's going to actually have any consequences. Um, I don't think he would win in 2022 when, uh, in, when he has to run again. Well, they're saying that it looks like it's, um, it's six women that have like, that came forward with consistently consistent and highly detailed accounts. Um, and that they've been referred to the police. Cuomo's denied any wrongdoing. Uh, State's Democrat Attorney General Lita Jones uh, announced an investigation into the sexual assault allegations, which will be headed by former federal prosecution and an employ employment lawyer. Andrew Cuomo's uh, current aides called former colleagues to try to discredit another ex-employee, accusing the governor, according to the Wall Street Journal, um, his office reportedly called six former staffers to get information about Lindsay Boylan after she first came forward with allegations of sexual harassment, and some told the journal that they felt the calls led by the governor's secretary, Melissa DeRosa, were an intimidation tactic. Um, another exec, Annalise, claimed after Cuomo's senior advisor, Rich Azopardi, Azopardi, I'm going to say that, called to say how much she accomplished during the time they worked uh, working for the governor and with the conversation ending positively after she said she hadn't connected with Boylan. Uh, Cuomo denied any wrongdoing and the independent has reached out to the office for a response to these specific allegations. Um, in response to the journal, as a party said, the calls weren't coordinated by DeRosa and that outreach happened organically when everyone's phone started to blog up. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but um, yeah, it does sound like they were a little bit trying to go after these people and trying to find out some dirt on them and pressure people into saying things like, no, Cuomo never did anything to me. I was, it was, everything was fine. You, why, right. I'm sure Cuomo did whatever he did, right? I'm just curious why this didn't come out when, like, um, I guess because he wasn't running for president, you know, but they were just considering it. Well, I don't understand why it wasn't brought up earlier. You know, I'm not well, saying... Well, Boylan that... actually did bring it up three years ago. 
that's ago? the thing okay. that's yeah okay. she brought it up years ago and people did not say any believe her until i forgot i forgot what the second victims and i i only say second because that's what like people who reported yeah. uh the second reporting victim um just spoke up recently and then four other people followed that so that's kind of more where we're coming from um she she literally was kind of pushed out of her position as well um susan boylan so she's probably the most reputable case but with the least amount of evidence which is very hard because she's the one who was the most outspoken but she doesn't have quote-unquote evidence evidence is very difficult in these situations because most of these are going to be like for instance uh i'm just going to report on one of the recent allegations um is that an accuser analyst uh, was who told new york magazine started pursuing mental health services when i was there because she thought she was going crazy her parents thought she was going nuts um she was angry and crying all the time and went on lexapro uh she did call suicide hotline because she felt like she was a friggin' nobody basically so she's saying that the abuse it's bullying and, and intimidation in the office that occurred um caused her to be pushed into a position where she the radicalized abuses there was just to fill a quota as well. So their their whole opinion of like being there is is not valid to Cuomo. So that's actually probably more of the what we should be focused on, except for the fact that we should get him out of office. But yeah. it the question wasn't should do I think he should be out of office? The question is, are we at a point in society to get him out of office? Um, and I don't think so. I think we're at a point where we'll go through the investigation. Um, I think Cuomo's going to hold to his guns. And I don't think he's going to win a re-election in 2022. Yeah, but they're talking about um, impeachment. They might actually try to see about impeaching him. Because if I, the investigation honestly, goes... I don't understand, though. If you work at a regular office, at a regular 9-to-5... And you tried to make these same things happen, they're gonna fire you <laughs> off the strength that you shouldn't even be talking like this, you know. And uh, I think after, after the, once the first person comes along, you really need to stop and evaluate this person, you know. And it's hard to be the first person to stand up to say something happened to you because you are going to get what our society loves, which is you know, victim blaming. Well, what did you do? What were you wearing? What is all this, you know? And it's just sad. And I know, like, it, somebody was talking about, like, oh, well, he was just hugging. He was just hugging her. You know, like, what's the big deal with a hug? From a man's perspective, and I was talking about this to a, a, another coworker with mine, you know, and she was saying the same thing as I was. From a man's perspective, a hug is a hug. You know, if you're not a scumbag dude, you're going to say, yeah, a hug's a hug. It's not a big deal. But a scumbag dude knows a hug is not a, a hug. A hug is a chance to cup a feel on some woman's breast or to hold her towards your penis and to hold her for too long to make it uncomfortable. You know, that is not a turn on. There is no woman that ever walked away from a hug like that and was like, mm, that guy, I want that guy. He can hold on to me for longer than is appropriate. Yeah. No, we don't like that. Nobody likes that. Nobody's turned around and said, oh, yeah, I definitely want to sleep with that guy now. No. And we know what the lingering hug is. We always put our butts out for that reason because we don't want to be close to some guy, especially if we don't know them and they try to go in for a hug. It's awkward. It's weird. We are on to you. We know what it is. But that's the stuff that makes you feel like you're going crazy. Am I crazy 
or was that hug too long? Am I crazy? You know, or did he just pass his hand against my ass when I walked by because I had to go close to him? Am I crazy? Or did he just say something to me that was inappropriate? You know, and then that's why you have those issues when it comes, especially to women, where they're like, they second guess themselves. Maybe I'm just crazy. Well, he hasn't done it to anybody else. They try to ask these secret questions to each other. Like, well, did anything, like, you know, without trying to say it all the way out there because they don't want to be the one that's the only one it's happening to because then you do second guess yourself. Are you going crazy? But that's all within the person that's actually doing the abuse. They're making you feel like that. I just, um, it's just, it just sucks, man. Oh, that, I don't know. This, this guy, I, I didn't like him for a long period of time. You know, I, I explained that even when they were, he was, they were talking about running him for president and everything else. Like, that. I was like, why? This guy has been a jerk for many, many years. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of expected hearing about this sooner and I expected him being kicked out sooner. Um, I'm always critical when it comes to accusing everybody and especially like with this whole cancel culture like type of stuff that everybody's trying to pull on everything and anybody. Freaking Pepe Le Pew's a victim, you know, like all these things are going on or whatever it is. But for the fact that they're going to accuse this guy and like, you know, I, I'm like, I could see him getting kicked out, you know, but the fact that he's using that as, a, as, as an excuse that they're just trying to cancel me for whatever reason. I don't buy that at all. You know, I don't know if I believe every single person that have said everything either, but I know with him, I knew he was a scumbag. So like, I can kind of like guess that he did, you know, do, do all that stuff or assume he did all that stuff. I would like obviously proof just like any other person, you know, I'm, I'm one of those type of people that I always want to see proof for things because I don't, I, I don't want anybody getting screwed over, over a lie or whatever it is. That's but what this makes it guy, so hard with situations guy. like this. Yeah, that's because what I'm it saying. happens I, when I no one's around. It I happens right. when it's all, just you and one other I'd also, person. I'd like yeah. to say that on Thursday, the state's top Democrats in the state assembly had launched a plan for a judiciary committee to begin an impeachment investigation. So um, that is not an easy thing to lever. Yeah. So yeah. that's a lot of legislators that you have to, to, to launch an investigation, you have to have at least 50% of the legislator legislature i'm just happy i'm like i said if they get him out and he did all this stuff i'll be happy for it um, i mean it's, it's well he definitely good oh please go ahead. no it's just i was just saying... gonna <laughs> <laughs> you aunt go go <laughs> i was just saying like i mean the the hugest thing is that he also hid numbers of people dying so that's what I was going to say. Not only are you doing a shitty job, but you're also sexually harassing and abusing your your coworkers. That that right there should have been the thing that triggered everything. Like meaning, like he should have been out just on that alone. You know what I mean? Let alone anything else. May not be a crime. May not be a high crime. Yep, yep, yep. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. But some of the people get, that's why I said, man, these politicians get away with all sorts of crap, man. And this is why citizens are, are afraid to, to act on a lot of stuff because they're like, it's me versus him. You know, he's got the power. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's a scary, scary thing, man. It's just like, it's like dealing with the police, an average person dealing with the police. It's like, it's your word versus their word. And, and, and they're the ones that have seniority in a sense just because of their position. It's not necessarily... As in real life, they're they're more of a seniority person, but 
because that they're they're quote unquote respected by certain people that their word is more value than yours like i didn't do this officer or whatever but the officer said you did it and so you know so you're guilty you know so it's but it's tough because he even said like oh well i didn't know nobody told me yeah, I mean, just okay so what if they did tell you did sir it. what happens if they did tell you what would you have done would you have felt embarrassed and maybe i don't want to work with this person anymore and maybe blacklisted them and buried them somewhere where they couldn't get anywhere in their future career okay maybe that's what you would have done you know almost trying to come off like oh i'm just some regular joe that may have stepped on a couple of toes but i didn't know i didn't know what i was doing i didn't know no one told me no one should have to tell you don't be a scumbag don't freaking touch people when they don't want to be touched nobody wants to be touched i don't ever want to be touched i could be make myself seem as the most approachable person this doesn't mean come up and touch me sure doesn't mean go come and grab me by my titty I don't want that. Sorry. No, not happening. And a lot of people have that 1950s mentality, like they can get away, like these people of power feel like they can do whatever. And that's why a lot of people, these older, privileged, uh, entitled, whatever, you know, people out there or whatever feel like that's what they want. You know what I mean? They want to have um, that kind of like power again. And because people are like, no, we're not hearing that anymore. We're, we don't like the fact that you don't like people that are gay we don't like the fact that you don't like people that are black we don't like the fact that people that are you know what i mean like like we're tired of it you know what i mean and they're like oh but that why it was fine before you know the the fact that people um who is it you told me about i don't know if you wanted to talk about that or not today about the the whole ted cruz thing with the 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 book thing the book signing thing that you were talking about you're not going to talk about that later right or uh the the, basically she said ted cruz was selling books Oh, for um, Dr. Seuss. Yeah, for, for Dr. Seuss or whatever it is. Um, I made money off of it, you know, uh, and he's like, for cancel culture. And I'm like, but the company canceled it. It wasn't the people requesting to cancel it. But because people are so uneducated in this country and because they want things a certain way, they fall for it. And and, and they're like, no, that's cancel culture. You know, Tucker Carlson and all these other people talking all this junk. And they're banking on the people not doing the research or, or putting two, you know, one and two together, um, you know, to figure certain certain things out and, and see what it, what it is for what it is. And that's that just cr- comes back down to cancel culture and why they're so opposed to it just comes back down to the whole thing of they don't like that people are having the power of saying what they don't like and, and getting rid of it. Getting they don't rid of like them. It. They're like, sorry, you're, you're yeah. not famous anymore. You're not powerful that's, anymore. They don't like it. Up. And that's why they're trying to go after cancel culture. Oh, cancel culture. We got to go after it. We got to get rid of this. Why? Because you don't like the people are having the power. The people are bringing the power back to them. They don't like you. We are gonna, we're going to get rid of you. Sorry. That's how it's going to go. Like, that's it. That's it. This happened 20 years ago. Yeah, but you did it. Didn't you? You're you're still an asshole, right? <laughs> like you know, like so, yeah, yeah. We don't want you anymore. You know, you don't want to leave. You you lied about freaking debts. That is, like I said, that alone should have kicked him out. This this extra stuff shouldn't have had to come out for him to get fired. You know what I mean? But you know, if it means them getting fired, I mean, it should come out because it should be exposed. But I don't think this should be the reasons for why he's gonna be getting kicked out. It should have been, um. You know, he should have been kicked out back then because of these reasons. But now that these new reasons came out, he should have been kicked out from this for these reasons. So now it's both of these reasons why he's getting kicked out. Why did they have to take both of them 
for for him to be kicked out. You know, that's just like showing that the system doesn't work. That you have to have a mountain of of of, of crap in order for you to kick somebody out. It can't be the just that one thing that he did that should have been serious enough to have kicked him out. You know what I mean? But the that's just I don't know. That's the system, right? Like if you got money and power, the system works. It's a very yeah. slow system. So it's been a year now since Breonna Taylor has passed away and that terrible uh, no-knock warrant incident on uh, March 13th of 2020. So over the past year, there have been a number of changes specifically to policies within LMPD and Metro government. On June 12th, less than a month after protesters started, um, protests started, Mayor Greg Fisher signed Brianna's law, banning no-knock warrants in Louisville. Uh, the city also later established a civilian review board, which 11 people were nominated to be on. On September 15th, the city settled a lawsuit with Brianna Taylor's family for $12 million, which was in, um, also included police reforms. Yes, we have had some wins, and I always state it like we're asking for a mile, but we have had a couple... Uh, of inches. Tyra Walker, co-chair of the Kentucky Alliance Against Racial and Political Repression said. So, you know, they haven't done a lot, but there is something. Hopefully getting rid of these no-knock warrants, I mean, they're completely ridiculous. A lot of the times, they're not even, there's not even enough evidence to really warrant a warrant to be going into these people's houses. And a lot of times as well, it's not even the right place that they're going into. Can you, and the whole situation, especially with Breonna Taylor, it infuriates me. It infuriates me that they would feel like that that somebody has the audacity to defend themselves in the middle of the night from somebody bursting into their homes. There's been there's been even other police chiefs that have been on record saying if somebody's bursting into my home at three o'clock in the morning, I'm going to shoot them and I'm going to defend myself in my own home. Like for the reason that they even. They even arrested her boyfriend at the time for shooting back at the police or opening fire on the police. What would you do? It's a no-knock warrant, right? They don't have to announce themselves. They come right into your house. I'd shoot them too if I had a gun. It's a, it's a tragedy and a travesty that happened to this poor woman. And for us to not have any kind of change, I feel like they've really given up on trying to make anything better. Trying, you know, like, I feel like they did put a Band-Aid on this whole situation by putting a couple of things into action, but not making any real significant change in people's lives. So my biggest defense, in I feel like, in this is that this shows that the criminal justice system is has been fundamentally broken since the 70s, since Nixon is around the era where no-knock warrants started to even occur, and even a knock warrant which is an announced warrant, is they could literally break down your door within 90 seconds of making their first announcement. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about fundamentally, like a no-knock warrant is even worse because they're not even going to announce themselves. So of course your fight or flight is going to go into even further because you don't even think it's the cops at that point. But honestly, um, cops are not. You're, you might go into fight or flight anyway, and you might, bring out a gun that you legally own, which is what happened, right? Um, it's it's an offensive thing already. Um, 
and I'm not, you know me, I don't, I'm not a huge proponent for guns, but if, if that's what's in your home and you're trying to protect yourself, that is your legal right to. And if you had somebody break into your home and then all of a sudden pull out guns on you, you might, you might react. (laughs) And I, it's unfortunate how bad these warrants are often allocated out by judges um, because very much, very easily, in a lot of cases. There was uh, John Oliver, I think, he did a whole thing, um, he did a whole segment about it once uh, everything came out about Breonna Taylor, about raids and police raids and how, how much fault there is on the side of the police officers when they're you know, putting in these raids and they're putting out these warrants to get signed by these judges. And they're talking about how quickly the judges sign it. 60 to 90 seconds, they review these, these uh, even like as low as 30 seconds at some point to review any of these cases before they sign it off and give them the warrant. And there's literally almost nothing, like no real proof behind any of them besides like the suspicion of Oh, well, we smelled the smell of marijuana when we passed by this house. So give us a warrant so we can go break down the door. Come on. Come on. Seriously. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that we're that we're funding the police in this way to be doing all this stuff. It's there's no detective work going behind any of this. It's just allegations, allegations for the most part. And this woman's life could have been spared. I don't I don't want to say I agree with a good percentage of that. I also agree that sometimes there is um, some sort of investigations and other things going on that kind of like um, started prior to these things happening or whatever it is. It's whether or not they're executing it correctly, meaning they're going to the right locations and so on and so forth. Like there's some justifiable raids because they did the research and they've gotten the evidence for whatever so I don't want to. I don't want to say that um, everything is, is screwed up. I think a large, way large of a percentage of it is screwed up, though. Like that should have been done correctly. That's what I'm gonna say. Because there's there's some justifiable, obviously raids, just like everything else. There's always that little percentage of justifiable things. It's, it's they they need to restructure all the stuff and they need retraining or whatever. And they also need to um before they actually do it, like double, triple, quadruple check um before they actually do something like that. Like I've been in this situation where, where a house was raided and luckily the way they handled it, you know, they said, do this, do that. And they're were, they were very clear with their instructions. Um, they said, you know, if you do this, you know, you're lucky you didn't do that because you could have gotten shot doing, you know, this is what one of the police officers had told me or whatever. And um, like I said, luckily I didn't, it wasn't a big, it didn't turn into a situation that, that became a huge thing for, for, for me at least i I know other people had other issues in court and whatever down the line or whatever i don't want to speak too much on it because it's not really my business to speak on but as in regards to the actual raid i think depending upon the location and area that you live in the amount of training that they have uh how much evidence that they would have to, to to execute the raid or whatever and whether or not it's justified to do what they do um you know sometimes it's called for but I'm going to tell you one thing, the feeling that I had was shock. When I was in the whole thing, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to react. I, I didn't know what I would do that could trigger somebody shooting me or doing whatever else. I, I you know, I, you know, at the time I was, you know, puffing a little butt or whatever it was at the time or whatever. 
and I wanted to hide it because I was afraid I was going to get some sort of charge and and it, it's just a weed charge, right? So like how serious is that, right? How, you know, that's not a big deal. But what I my actions of trying to conceal it or doing whatever could have gotten me shot. You know what I mean? Um and that's what the guy had had said just put the stuff down, whatever it is. Don't don't put any, your hands in certain areas, and, and that's basically what I did. They arrested us, and then um, things, you know, went through the process or whatever. And I, you know, like I said, I don't want to get into too much business because it wasn't my house that it happened in or whatever. It was I was at somebody else's house. Um, but that whole situation was a scary thing. Like you don't know what's gonna happen. You know what I mean? So. There, the, the the boyfriend's reaction, I can kind of see why he would do that if he didn't trust that those were cops coming in. Um, the fact that they went in their guns blazing pretty much and, and, and willing to shoot people and do whatever makes absolutely no sense. I don't know what kind of drugs that they assumed was in the house, but, but they're even, just drugs. It's not that they say that, oh, there's possible It wasn't possible even the, the boyfriend. It was supposedly the boyfriend, her ex-boyfriend. So it wasn't even the current boyfriend that was was in the house because they didn't do any research onto whether the boyfriend Mm -hmm. was still staying there or not. They didn't check that out. They weren't doing anything like that. They just heard that he was there. So they went on this this, uh, hearsay from somebody else that he still lived there and they busted into this guy's house with his his girlfriend. She's sleeping in the bed. She's sleeping. Who reported it? Did they tell you who reported it? No, so, well, that's that's not un- the under this a misunderstood part. What happened is that the, apparently a package had been sent to, to this person to the wrong address. The cops actually knew already where the other person was, and had the had the warrant already, and then initiated both warrants at the same time. So they so, did the other. They did two raids at the same time. They did one at the. Yeah. With the- <laughs> yeah, it's offensive. Like if you, you they they should have done their due diligence and checked if the other house was even the correct house at that point, because so it's very the, clear from the information. Yeah, and that's not the first time that they've gone into the house of somebody that wasn't their house. It, it wasn't the right house. They pulled out a lady naked, butt naked from her house, and I she's screaming at them that this isn't the right house. You've got the wrong house. And they didn't want to listen to her. They had her standing and they there had, naked. They had her butt naked. Yeah, handcuffed, butt naked. And they finally gave her something to cover up. And they told her, oh, well, you shouldn't yell. You shouldn't be yelling. You don't, need to, you don't need to yell at us. And she's like, what the hell do you mean I don't need to yell at you? You're in my house. You pulled me out of my house butt naked. It's also 12 in the morning. It's ridiculous. It's also 12 in the morning. It's ridiculous. Like what? So better late than never. We're finally getting some relief coming our way. Actually, uh, they recently just passed a new COVID relief bill. Um, so what are we getting? What are we getting out of this COVID relief? Looks like uh, fourteen hundred checks, fourteen hundred dollar checks for Americans earning seventy five thousand or less. $2,800 for couples earning $150,000 or less plus uh, $1,400 per dependent. So every kid you got, you get an extra $1,400. Uh, renewable, uh, renewal of the Paycheck Protection Program for small business loans. Enhanced food aid benefits for families. Uh, funding for schools to reopen. Restaurant relief. Funding for transit and airports. An extension of a $400 a week boost to federal unemployment benefits through the end of the August. Was that 400 or 300? 
it's four hundred right? checks for un- unemployment. Three hundred. Yeah. Three hundred. So it's three hundred dollars a week. Um, expands to the child tax credit, including an increase to three thousand dollars per child, and a shift to it being divide delivered as a monthly payment. Uh, expansion of the earned income tax credit, funding for vaccine distribution, expansion of subsidies under the Affordable Care Act, um, for health insurance. Expansion of health insurance for the unemployed through COBRA, health insurance law subsidies, an increase in the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. Mm, that, that got a loss. Um, billions of aid for state and local governments. So yeah, we lost the $15 an hour, but we're at least getting some kind of relief. Is it too late? Have we waited too long? I mean, they said January, right? Didn't you say as soon as he gets into office, we'll get $2,000. Now we're down to fourteen thousand dollars, and we're not even getting fifteen dollars an hour. Fourteen hundred. You said fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand. Fourteen. I wish it was fourteen thousand, <laughs> right? Fourteen hundred dollars. So we were supposed to get two thousand. Now we're down to fourteen thousand. Fourteen thousand again. Fourteen hundred. <laughs> but um, no sign of that fifteen dollars an hour. Shoot, he'd be the man. Fourteen thousand. I'd be like, good looking, man. I paid down my debts. <laughs> that would actually be... probably help a lot more people that actually are in debt, like. Honestly, well, that's a lot of people's uh, college there. What they paid for college right there. Just drop off there. Even more. Yeah, I mean, that's supposed to do 50,000, 50,000 dollars for everybody who at least 50,000 dollars debt that you had. But now he's saying maybe, maybe we'll do 10,000 dollars of student debt because that's like nothing. Yeah. By the time you think about all the months that passed. And the amount of rent that needs to be paid that's been in How forbearance or whatever. Need to be paid? That $1,400 isn't nothing. You know what I mean, it helps with like, you know, maybe like a, a month or two of food maybe, but it's not going to really cover rent. It's not going to, you know, cover a lot of things. You know, if you're unemployed, I guess a little bit of money, $300. I and think the only reason why they did... the $300 weekly I increase. think the $300 weekly helps for the sense of... um you know, like, you know, whatever money, but the, the fact that they reduced it $100, they're like, well, we'll reduce it $100 and we'll extend it till, what is it, I think September or August or whatever it is. I think, it, what was it, August? It's, a, it's, it's at a, least August. It depends end on of August. which state you're in. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it, it seems like, um, like somebody was saying they, they feel like Joe Manchin is running everything because of, because of him and his likelihood of, um, saying no to certain votes, they're kind of trying to appease him in regards to making sure that he votes yes to certain things. They had to take the freaking minimum wage thing off the bill. It seems like everything that, that, that was contingent on his, you know, that, that was, that he had to vote on, you know, to hope to get him to get his vote in, um, is what, you know, they changed it for. But what kills me is, you know, cause they, they're saying, no Republican voted for it, right? So no Republican agreed with any of this, and we still got it through. A lot of people are like, well, why didn't we go higher then? And then you got to look at it. Somebody in the Democratic Party must have been kind of like um, holding it from going any further. And like I, a lot of people are saying it's Joe Manchin. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's Joe Manchin? Do you, what, do you, what do you think kept them from going um higher with the money do you think it was them do you think it was um biden or harris or like what what how do you um see things the way they 
to clarify, do you do you mean the minimum wage argument or the the package the itself? Because I think it, it, what's his face wanted less money um, for unemployment too. He had said um, if you give them too much, they don't have incentive to work. He's yeah, they'll had, never go back to work. People yeah, never go so back to work. you know, I, I don't know too many people that could. Was it? Uh, it's it's weekly, right? It's three hundred a week. So three hundred a week is like a. At well, really it's an like added low-paying job. I mean, so people really were getting much. like three to four hundred. I think as low, some people are getting in some states like one hundred and seventy-five dollars a week. So this extra three hundred dollars for at yeah. least some people is going to be a big deal. Yeah. It'll help them get by. I mean, I can't imagine doing one hundred and seventy-five dollars a week, especially well living in Jersey. That's like, please, might as well be getting nothing. That's like a buck seventy-five. Well, twelve hundred dollars a month about. I mean, twelve hundred dollars a month is okay, I guess, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, that doesn't pay for a lot, you know. If that's all the income, does not pay for a lot. No, yeah. it does it not pay fast. for a lot, and it goes fast. It goes yeah. really quickly. Yeah, well, you these have people, to have the twelve hundred dollars is their mortgage payment. You have to have a a family unit and support system. A bunch of people living in the same household, contributing. That's the only way that's going to work, and I mean, that's the way a lot of people. In the past, used to live. You know, my mom was talking about it. That's what a lot of people have been forced to do. Yeah, a lot of people back in the days, they were, um, you know, the the mother, the father, and the children all lived in a a house until the the, the children were big enough to, to, you know, move out. And, and, you know, but a lot of them still stayed there for a while. And, you know, because a lot of people didn't get married for a while. You know, some of them into their 20s and 30s, you know, so that they were able to survive. I always said that, It'd be nice to have a huge house to have everybody live in. Uh, you know, Teresa and I and the family or whatever, we're lucky enough to um, have a bunch of people here where we can kind of support each other and bring, you know, contribute together. But if we were, if I was living by myself or Teresa or whoever, I think we'd, we'd be up shit's creek. You yeah. know what I mean? It'd be a lot harder. You know, and um, I don't know. That, that whole thing sucks, man. They didn't even want to give this... Uh... They didn't even want to give this fourteen hundred dollars to college students either. Yeah, they no, weren't going to give it to them either because um, you can only get the fourteen hundred dollars for dependents, but it's under a certain age. So it's not like the college students' parents were going to be able to get because they have their children. They're still considered dependents. They were going to be able to get that fourteen hundred dollar check from them. They were cutting that off at a certain age limit. So those college students were just going to be flapping in the wind with really nothing. To, to hold them on to, you know, which would have been ridiculous. They, they were fighting on that, too. I think, really, they got to the point where they're like, look, we got to put out something soon because people are are losing it. They're losing their, life, their lives over this stuff, you know? Like, this is really affecting a lot of people. People are going hungry. People are starting to make those hard decisions of, do we pay the electric or do we get something to eat? You know, and I think that the pressure was building and was mounting. And I know somebody, you know, Bernie's always the, at least he seems like one of the most aware when it comes to the, the people and what the people are feeling like, you know, and he's always, it seems like, feels like he's always saying, well, these people are starving. People are, are hungry. People are losing their homes. You know, people are getting thrown out into the streets. We need to do something. We need to act, you know. Um, I'm mad that the position that he's in, he hasn't been able to kind of like, make more of these changes i know he wants that 15 dollars an hour and people want it you know we're lucky enough that jersey's already started 
that I think they're two or three years into their $15 an hour um, increase. New York's already passed it. You know, so some states are lucky. They have, um, I believe uh, there's other lawmakers have developed their own plans to increase the minimum wage in the past month. Uh, Republican Senator Mitt Romney from Utah and Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas proposed their own minimum wage bill on February 23rd. The Higher Wages for America, American Workers Act would gradually increase hourly pay <laughs> from seven twenty-five to ten dollars over the course of five years. Over the course of five years. Over five years. Not even then, close to inflation. Right. <laughs> then after every two years, pay would increase to match the rate of inflation. The legislation would also raise civil and criminal penalties for employers who hired unauthorized workers and require employees eligibility eligibility to work um to be confirmed with e-verify. Senator John Hawley, a Republican from Missouri, also plans to introduce legislation uh, to increase wages, but it has a few more provisions with his blue collar bonus credit. Uh, workers would receive quarterly payments from the IRS if they make less than $16.50 an hour. In an example provided, a person making $12 an hour would receive $2.25 per hour credit and would equal to $4,680 a year and would be paid out in four payments of uh, $1,170. There's also a Raise the Wage Act of 2021 that was introduced by the House and Senate Democrats at the end of January. Um, this bill would increase the federal minimum wage to 15 by 2027. So that might be our best uh, uh, shot at $15 um, minimum wage. But <laughs> that other one is ridiculous. <laughs> I actually believe that that's our best shot, to be honest. Yeah. But that other one's pathetic. ridiculous. It's, like, honestly. It's pathetic that they think that, you know, they use the excuse, well, these are these minimum wage jobs are meant for, for, for young kids to start out at work and this, that, and whatever. I'm like, yeah, but you're not thinking about the people that don't have the qualifications for the higher paying jobs. What do they do? You know what I mean? But it's always that stupid excuse, you know, like, well, my child shouldn't be making 20, you know, if, she, if this is their first job, they shouldn't be making $15 or more an hour, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, man. They're just mad that their kid might be making the same amount of money that they're making. I, I keep saying this, and I say it all the time. It's because the only reason that you would be mad about somebody who's working at McDonald's getting paid $15 an hour is because you're not getting paid enough at your job. And they're making you think that it's because of the person working at McDonald's getting $15 an hour. That's the reason that you're not going to get paid more. And you might be an educated person who's still paying off student loans and you're only getting $15 an hour. You deserve to get paid more. Everyone gets deserves to get paid more. Really, the price that we should be at if we are going with inflation of how much inflation has increased over the years, we should be closer to $22 an hour for a living wage. Twenty two twenty five, yeah. Twenty-two seventy-five. Yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. Twenty-two seventy-five, and we're squabbling over fifteen dollars an hour, and people are still getting seven dollars and twenty-five cents. It's all because of the years of greed of this country. That this is the way it is. They did all this outsourcing. They did all this stuff to make everything nice and cheap and affordable. Like I don't know um, anybody that wants to pay more money for their phones and technology or anything else that they want to. Um, purchase or whatever their food or whatever it is but um what they did was is they they made the price of things cheap 
they they sold a lot of volume of that stuff they made sure the ceos got paid or whatever it is and it became like a system that's been like you know set in stone in this country for many many years right that that's the way to do business on it outsource do this do that make sure we get like the cheapest stuff we can get in order for us um you know like to make the product as cheap as possible so they can sell as much volume of it as possible not everybody needs the top of the line iphone and whatever else everybody wants the top of the line iphone or the top of the line samsung or samsung or whatever it is but we've become accustomed to it so now it's been so long it will i agree it will disrupt the system it will cause businesses hardships in a sense because they're not going to be used to handling the amount of money that they're going to have to now dish out if they were to have uh give people the proper wages but that's their fault i mean it's, it's their fault and the government's fault for allowing it to happen for so many years you know if you if you allow the thing to to to, to, to get to the point where it becomes like a, a little molehill turn into a mountain what do you know like so what we got to sacrifice because that's what their decisions were you know what i mean no, we, we have to pay for it yeah we like have we, to pay we, for we, it because think about walmart and all those other people they're they're living off of the government and aid from the government because they cannot afford I mean, to have a job shift. at walmart and buy groceries if it's not the government paying for it that's then us. Be, hold on, let me let me explain what's going to end up happening is let's say they did raise it and i agree that it should be raised it just should have been raised a long time ago but because they made it so long, they made it seem like it's an impossible feat because of the fact that, all right, fine, we subsidize their their, their stuff through, um, you know, they get their pay and then they get like benefits from the, the government or whatever it is to help subsidize whatever they're not getting, right? So now if they raise the wages, now they're not going to get the government stuff. What do you think is going to happen? The businesses are going to raise the prices and we're still going to have to pay for it. You know what I mean? Instead of... Um, but that's capitalism, that, baby. But that's, that's exactly. And that's exactly also their excuse. But that's also their excuse. Because honestly, my, my it doesn't need to happen. All it needs to do is those CEOs don't need those checks to be as big and as fat as they've the, been used to. But that's the whole point. You, even if they, the system has been rigged this way for so long that you, there would have to be a whole new different way of like dealing with current, currency. You know what I mean? Like. That they we have to deal with currency. capitalism a completely different way. We're, yeah. The thing is that we have runaway, and like this is what pure capitalism—not even pure. I would even say that this is hierarchical capitalism. You don't, but think... um, no, because most of these larger businesses have been actually be they they don't care if they raise their themselves up to a fifteen dollar minimum wage. They just know that they lose the incentive from the government to get Medicaid and Medicare directly to their employees they know that that's also going to go out the door at some point they know it's soon in, in the next 10 10 years i do see medicare for all i don't know Absolutely. if i see it in yeah. the next four years but i i can tell you that in the next 10 years it's it's probably going to happen um and at least at least a public option which is the least that we could have right um so we're going to get to a point where these companies are not going to gain the benefit from that so they're the bigger companies are mm. all for they don't really care they really just would love to just get out of this argument completely if if they could um no the they're small, hiding behind the small businesses and saying oh but look at what you're gonna do to these little guys oh yeah we yeah, don't mind but what about the little guy we don't that's what they're doing they're grant they're grandstanding saying oh well, we don't mind but you're gonna you're gonna destroy the little businesses i think they destroyed the whole structure 
I think they destroyed the whole structure of um, our economy. And I think a lot of other economies have been, you know, since a lot of them are based off of the U.S. dollar and everything else. Like, I think I think a lot of things are screwed up. I think a lot of things need to change. I think that's why they're doing this whole cryptocurrency stuff. There's a lot of, I don't know, man. Well, they, they, they the screwed this whole thing because up. of that too. Because they're taking, we're mm-hmm. taking the power back within it when it comes to the money. So they don't like that shit either. They're like, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. Well, they're, they're, Tesla bought like billions of dollars worth of it. They're, a lot of people because they are, see it too. Yeah, they they but that's the whole thing though. Like, I don't know, man. I I think it's too far broken, man. I think uh, uh, something bad. I don't want to say something hugely bad's gonna happen, but I think there's gonna be a, a an adjustment at some point. And it's gonna hurt a lot of people, you know. I I can't exactly tell you how and when, but there's gonna be some sort of financial adjustment that's gonna have to happen in order for things to be become, uh, sustainable. You know, these these rich people that they're, they're basically shifting all the money into the the one percent, and we're not getting much out of it. Soon we're not gonna have enough money to purchase things if they don't fix it. You know what I mean? That's one of the biggest problems now. Like. If we're not getting enough from the government for, for, you know, COVID and everything else, and, and a lot of people are losing their homes or getting evicted or whatever else, where, where is this money going to come from? Where, where are we going to purchase stuff? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Does anybody have any idea of where you think this is going to develop and how this is going to develop? Because I see a, a lot of... Go ahead. I mean, that's where the logical retort is that there's going to be an increase in the minimum wage at some point, at least in the large corporations, because they're not going to gain the benefit of having the security of being subsidized by the people, by by the by the government at this point. I think that that is what we're going to be launching ourselves against. Um, I I understand. I think that this is this is actually our round of second another recession. Um, it's just the fact that unfortunately or fortunately, depending on who you are, um, the pandemic's economy either really did, did well for you or it hurt you dramatically. And there's really, there's very little middle ground. We're basically trying to, the $1,400 stimulus payment is basically a way to keep adjusting for the middle ground of people. But the people who are on the lowest end of the spectrum and the people who are at the middle to highest level of the spectrum are either doing really poorly right now or doing really well. And there's not much in between. And I think the only reckoning is going that's going to happen is that it, there's going to be another crash of some sort. Something is going to get devalued in a way, in such a way that we learn that the way that system worked didn't wasn't effective for our population. And it's just going to crash the system again. But I don't know what that's going to be because unlike last time, I don't think it's going to be oil or or a finance group that's going to do it. I think that it's more likely somebody shorts a stock that we find out is completely is actually completely invaluable. You know, something like that will happen, and then we'll have to we'll have another crash because somebody started to keep selling and selling, fast selling out of the stock market. But I I actually don't know what that event will be. I think there's going to have to be a, another large event for some kind of financial change unless we do something like raise the minimum wage and then you can start having like oh this is the middle ground to the next step up and that's 
they just want to keep increasing that gap. They want to keep increasing the gap between the super poor and the super rich. That's all it is. That's all it looks like when they don't, when they keep refusing to increase the middle wage. That's what it looks like. It looks like you want to just keep the super poor and super poor. And that's it. Like you want to keep, that's what, that's how you want to keep them. You want to keep them down and out in the dirt and not getting anywhere. Joe Manchin has um uh, investments in La Quinta, I believe it is the hotel or whatever it is. And uh, they pay their employees um, a minimum, I think, of, of $11. And I, they say that that might be a conflict of interest uh, to why he doesn't want to go into the $15 minimum wage. Like, he doesn't want to go any higher than, um, I think it's not minimum. I think his highest paid employees are 11 I wouldn't say those. that's the minimum. I think his highest paid employees is $11 or something like that. So I could see why he would be like, hell no, no, I don't want to spend an extra $4 per person per hour. You know what I mean? So, or whatever it is, um, that whoever's getting that $11 or whatever it is. So, yeah, I don't think they want to change anything, man. I think they they, 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 they want to live their life rich and drop dead or whatever it is and leave the crap for whoever's left over. You know what I mean? I don't think a lot of these people care at the end of the day. I, I think... It, it, the only time they're gonna care is when it starts hurting their wallets, and um, they're gonna do, they're gonna fight and scream until um, uh, something changes. Well, that's just my opinion. I, I agree with you too, Anthony, and I I think we all have like perspectives that are valid. It's just that I I with the government, I I don't understand some of their actions and why they do it, and I feel like there's there's a higher uh, not a higher but a bigger picture that we're not seeing in some cases with why they make these decisions. It makes no sense that they would let the country go to crap the way they did. Uh, you know, why wouldn't they give us the, the money that people pay taxes for uh, to help us? I, I don't see the, the justification of that. And, and all that's going to do is create more more hardships, more hardships and, and create more conflicts and drama within the country. So I, I don't know. It, 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 I'm, I'm super confused with... Um, you know, other than greed, you know, that I, all, all it comes back to me is greed, you know. Remember everyone to please subscribe and follow. We're located on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Instagram, and Twitch. And we'd appreciate all the likes and the videos and the follows and the sharing. Make sure to share. That's all you got to do. Share.